everyone. Welcome to Post Credit Brews. This is the podcast where we do a review while drinking a cold brew. I'm Dave. I'm Matt. And I'm John. And we have another exciting episode lined up for you today. We are going to continue our trend of reviewing Oscar-worthy movies leading up to the Oscars coming up soon. Uh, last week, we did Nomadland. You should check out that movie in our episode. Mm-hmm. And we're going to continue this trend tonight with, I can't believe I'm actually saying this, Tom and Jerry. You know, I mean, it's getting a lot of acclaim. A lot of people are talking about it. This is uh, coming up in award season, so I figured it was time for us to review it. I was wondering why we were going to do this, and I looked back at our contract that we signed when we renewed for season three. And we did say we were going to do all the HBO Max release movies. So we're contractually obligated to, to do this. You know, I think, uh, I, I think this is an interesting time for movies with uh, how they're being streamed on HBO and all that stuff. So it was only a matter of time until we did Tom and Jerry. So we're, uh, we're excited to talk about it. We all watched it within the past day. So, yeah, I, I gave up watching that incredible overtime Sixers game to watch Tom and Jerry. Did you watch that game? I did not watch that game. No. It was close. And B yeah. tied up with like 13 seconds left with a three. Mm-hmm. Went yeah. to overtime. That was good. Wait, is this the one where didn't Tobias Harris score like 11 points in overtime or something? Was that a different I, game? Might have been a different game. Okay. Gotcha. He just came back from injury, so I'm not sure if he was actually playing that much yesterday. Yeah, they've been playing well. They have been, yeah. yeah. I, I got this weird feeling, and you know, Embiid's going on that MVP kind of season. I, I think this might be the lightning in a bottle that the Eagles went through in 2017. Cross my fingers, though. I might, I'm still expecting to get eliminated in like the first or second round of the playoffs because that's mm-hmm. just the, that's how it happens. That's just the, uh, the pessimistic Philly fan in me. Mm-hmm. But I, I got this weird, the, the same kind of jitter feelings that I had with the Eagles back in 2017, I have them now. Minus Doug Peterson. You think Doug Peterson should be coaching the Sixers? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, it's one thing with Doug Peterson. We we're kind of going off on a tangent here now. You know what movies he loves? He loves the Bourne movies, like the Matt Damon Bourne movies. Really? I, I, read, I read his book. His, his book. He's got a book that came out a few years ago, Fearless. And he just, it's just him talking. And he talks about how much he loves the board movies. So I think maybe we should try to get him on if we ever do like a, an episode on all those. Does he like uh, I don't think you Bourne Legacy? He might. I, I don't know. I mean, I think he specifically talked it like the ultimatum. I knew he gave a big shout out to, but. I may be absent for that episode if you guys yeah. decide to do that. I don't know if me with a with some beers and a hot mic with, in a room with Doug Peterson is the best thing. <laughs> I wonder what he's doing. Just because, just because I was just, he's a nice guy. He seemed like he was a nice guy. I just didn't like him as a coach one bit. Did not like him one bit. Yeah. You guys think he maybe watched this movie in his time off, Tom and Jerry? He may have. Yeah. I'm sure Howie did. Fire High Roseman. (laughs) Howie probably liked this. He's probably watched it twice. Well, he's a weasel. Yeah. I just, what I want to know is who was this movie for? Like who, like what was the target audience for this movie? 
I can't I imagine should... an animated world. I, I don't know. It's yeah. I can't I can't imagine a kid though enjoy like I thought this movie was so boring. Like I can't imagine a kid like enjoying it. Yeah. Maybe. I... Uh, some I'm sure, but this movie was straight out of like the late nineties, early two thousands. I yeah, I, I don't have much to say. I mean I think on a, a movie year anytime like 10, 20 years ago, this movie was coming out like first weekend in January, I think. I'm curious to see what the box office numbers would have been if it wasn't a pandemic. Yeah, and, and apparently this is number one at the box office, right? In like I as think it's like the, as it the second biggest like pandemic opening, which is probably not saying a ton. Obviously, number one is, is Wonder Woman 1984, but I don't think this came in that far behind it. For sure, a lot of money. for sure, it's kind of timely. You know, it's still somewhat cold outside. Families with kids cooped up in the house, something new to watch. I mean, I can see why there's a there's a, a spike in it. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm just trying to figure out what the the target audience for this is. Is it children? Is it stoners? Is it kids on acid? I don't know. Yeah, and, and I mean, I also don't have a super crazy background in like Tom and Jerry cartoons. I don't know if if you guys are. It was something that was there, always but... on like the the Cartoon Network and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. like you knew it was there and you kind of knew what you were getting when you watched it. But I never yeah. cared for it, to be quite honest. No, and does this exist in the same universe as Looney Tunes? Like, are they? I knew. I guess they're probably from the same creator. I got a lot of Looney Tunes vibes. You know, it's Warner Brothers, just like them. Remember yeah. the Looney Tunes movie? How it was? Was it kind of like the same thing? They had animation in the real world. Or was that just like well, animation? Well, I mean, there was there was you know, I mean, there was a whole post credit scene at the end of this with uh, with Foghorn Leghorn connecting this into a uh, Space Jam Two: A New Legacy. So, <laughs> in, into seems the like to- they're trying to connect it now into yeah. the Tuneverse. <laughs> into the Tuneverse, yeah. What would you guys think of the uh, the uh, new pictures that came out for uh, New Space Jam? I think the CG. I mean, uh, you're always you're gonna get decent cgi in a picture like even like the picture stuff for this tom and jerry didn't look bad but mm-hmm. we'll get into the final product when we you know review the movie a bit more but i don't know i thought i thought that i thought the pictures look cool but i mean they weren't really showing a ton of the characters though mm-hmm. more I think so just lebron james i think yeah. that's what's more interesting about this is how they are going to incorporate all their other warner brothers uh products mm-hmm. pennywise the dancing clown the mask with jim carrey yeah, I think I think that's what's gonna at least get me to want to go and see it just to that nostalgia. Mm-hmm. But it, if you ask me, I don't think we need a Space Jam too. Yeah, I mean, I I think like a ton of other people they're mining in that like '90s nostalgia, you know, like so many people love the the original Space Jam. Like we've talked about this on this podcast, I think if not every episode, more frequently than we should. But it just seems like content creators are non-existent anymore just because it's always just trying to mm-hmm. reboot or redesign something that was already created. Like, there's no original thought anymore. Yeah. Like, we're, like Are we going to get like a live action as told by Ginger next? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Yeah. Emma Stone playing Ginger. <laughs> Who would you guys cast as Hoodsy? Jonah Hill. I was just going to say Jonah Hill. Yeah. <laughs> Jonah Hill is... Let's see. Jonah Hill. I, I don't. I would say Michael Sarah as Carl, but I don't think he has that menace to him. No, Michael Sarah can't play Carl. Yeah, I like. I get like uh, one of the Sprouse twins to play Carl or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, 
we'll save it for our uh as told by ginger retrospective episode yeah is that confirmed are we actually doing that we might. We let's all get Paramount Plus subscriptions. It's probably going to be on. This there, is on like, there. I think it, it said it was YouTube. on CBS All Access. Yeah. So what happens if so? So CBS Plus is going and merging with Paramount. Is that right? Yeah. So like. So does that mean your account, if you have CBS Access, goes? It just goes right into Paramount once it, the merge happens. Yeah. It okay. just becomes yeah. So I had CBS All Access on my Roku, and then suddenly throughout the day, it transferred to Paramount Plus. Okay. So maybe have that you, answers uh, your question, John. I know you asked me that earlier. <laughs> have you have you gone have you gone on it yet or no? It's the same thing. Yeah. It's uh, it's I the see. same thing as CBS All Access was pretty much. It's just a different name. But what else am I yeah, I mean I get all the Nicktoons are on there. So we'll see. Oh, yeah, I guess Nicktoons. they always were. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people have asked me when we're gonna do the Nicktoons episode and it's coming down the line. It, it's in our plans for season three. Mm-hmm. We have a few things. We're, we're very excited. Our next episode is going to be our Wander Vision retrospective review. That's the, obviously ending soon. So at the at the time of recording, it's the eve before the finale. So mm-hmm. we're all we've been t- texting all week about this. I've never been more engaged in a show in, in quite a while than Wanda Vision. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 weird. I, it's like. Well, I don't know. I mean, The Mandalorian, I really like. The first season, I wasn't as into as much as the second one. But this is a show where, like, I'm genuinely, like, very excited to watch the next episode right. on Friday. That's my routine. Friday, I work. And then when I'm done work, I get WandaVision right on. And I try to stay off of Instagram, off of Twitter. Um, I really try to avoid that stuff because I don't. Oh, it's going to be. For it's me, be it's hard tomorrow. It's right. hard for me to stay away from it. For yeah. me, it's WandaVision. I watch it first thing Saturday morning. It's a nice mm-hmm. thing to wake up to and just watch. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I feel like you might have to change that, Dave, to first thing tomorrow morning. And I think this thing's getting spoiled heavy. Like, everyone's watching it. <laughs> I know. know. Yeah. yeah you can just stay up through the middle of the night and, I mean, 4 a.m., you know, I mean, I guess in the coast that we're on, yeah. 4 a.m., Twitter will be. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, yeah. Was it drop at midnight tonight? It, on the Pacific Coast. Yeah. So we so, don't get it. So for us, it's day. 3 a.m. Okay. So, yeah. It's exciting, though. John, John's been doing a great job with his, uh, his weekly recaps for that show. Yeah. Check it out at postcreditbrews.blockspot.com mm-hmm. for that and more exciting content. Mm. And I'm also excited. We're like two weeks away from Falcon Winter Soldier releasing too. Yeah, we got that, and then we got the Schneider cut coming out, Godzilla. Mm-hmm. So we're we got a little jam packed lineup coming up too. Mm-hmm. I think this will be good because I think more recently we've kind of been reviewing more like positive things, very like popular Wandavision. Uh, you know, we did our Wonder Woman two review, but I think with this we're starting to run into territory of things like Tom and Jerry. Like, I don't think I would have expected us to ever do an episode on this. Um, Cherry, I know I'm hearing that's a very divisive movie. Not everyone's going to like it. So, uh, yeah, I think we're trying to branch out a little bit and do some different things. Right. But, uh, you know, with that said, we obviously have a beer for this week. Yeah, Matt, so what do we got on tap tonight? So, on tap, we have Gumball Head from three floyds brewing company from indiana so it's not not super local but 
not super far. It's not like a West Coast beer, you know. Maybe Carson's trying this over in Indianapolis. Possibly. He's beer of choice, right? How ironic is that? Yeah. <laughs> it does kind of look like a cat on this can. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. I'm it's, just realizing that now. It's fitting. And it, this looks interesting for a lot of reasons. The, the can is definitely eye-catching, and we'll get more into that when we do our beer review, so stay tuned for that. And just as an introductory comment, it looks like an acid trip, just like this movie. It's a very colorful can. So, you guys, you just want to get this thing going? Yeah, let's go. All right. Get the post-credit beer crack. Cheers. Wake up while it's cold, ladies. Everyone's safe. Everyone dry. Yeah, it's almost good. Okay. It, it, it popped up a little bit, but it, I, I caught it. That was bad. That was bad last week. <laughs> yeah, like, it was just didn't happen to me. I know it happened to you guys, but that, that was that was half the beer that yeah it was. That spilled out. Yeah. Uh, so where where do we begin with this? Again, I I think the the best way for us to start this episode, and I'm sure our listeners are just as confused as we are, is who was this movie for? Like I after I watched it, I was trying to think like was there a way that they could have done this in a creative way like a lego movie spin because like i don't want to compare this to a lego movie too much but that was a movie where when you heard they were making it you were just like are you serious and then you saw it and it was good it it kind of you know you you went in with certain expectations and it went above and beyond that right i Um, i think just to add on to your point too the better question is who asked for this you know, it looks like right. this movie was in development for a long time. Yeah, based on I, its Wikipedia page. And don't don't quote me on this because I was trying to do my Tom and Jerry research this morning. And I know so the director of this is Tim Story, who has directed such films as Barbershop, uh, which a lot of people like. Uh, he has done Taxi. I don't know if you remember that uh, Jimmy Fallon, Queen Latifah vehicle from 2004. And uh, Dave, one of your favorite movies, I want to say two, but I know you especially like the sequel a lot, uh, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Get the fuck out. Oh, I'm, I'm not kidding you. Tim Story. Yeah. Where in the hell is this the guy that you get to direct the Tom and Joe? What movie on his filmography suggests that he would direct this? <sighs> I don't, the closest thing I is Taxi, and that's ridiculous. Yeah. I but guess. What I'm going to say, he also directed the, the Shaft movie that came out in 2019. And I heard something in an article that read, like, Warner Brothers got him to do that movie. And then they were like, all right, what do you want to do next? And his decision was he wanted to do a Tom and Jerry movie. Which so I, I had... I- I have this here. In October 2018, it was announced that Tim Story would direct a live-action animated Tom and Jerry film for Warner Brothers, which would begin filming in 2019. It was reported that Story was in discussions with Warner Brothers executives about what he was interested in directing, even before directing the new Shaft film. When Tom and Jerry was brought up, Story immediately mentioned his admiration for the characters and how he'd love tackling that property. I mean that, that but but, th- like but this development goes all the way back to 2009, according to yeah. this uh, Wikipedia. 
I mean, that sounds like a corporation wrote that summary, you know? It does. It sounds like they it were does. just like, we wanted... I, you know, I don't know. I mean, sometimes studios make movies just to make movies. Like, I, I don't think this was a situation where the rights for Tom and Jerry were going to revert back to, like, Paramount or, like, DreamWorks, you know? So they're like, we got to get a Tom and Jerry movie out there. But it was they over. made it. It felt more so like someone needed a paycheck. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. Look at the John Lucasama's career. You know, he just does anything that is offered to him. It's just a, just another job for him. You know. Mm-hmm. And how was he not in this, in this movie? Right. Like you would you would expect him to be in this, right? I kind of thought that ten when years I, ago he would have been Pena in this. Yeah. Yeah. It was like I, I thought. Why like, Michael Pena is a respected actor. Why? Why did he do this? Mm-hmm. I will say I like him in Ant Man, but I I don't know that that movie's helped his career. Because he's, I don't know, he's a genuinely good actor. Like something like End yeah. of Watch. Mm-hmm. End of Watch is um, a he's been great in, movie. Right. And he's been That's in a... Fury. But since Ant Man, mm-hmm. I feel like we've just seen him in this. He was in this. I think he was in that Door the Explorer movie. And maybe that was good. I don't know. Yeah. But feel, it just I, seems like he's taken some weird stuff. I feel mm-hmm. like he gained such popularity with Ant Man. Ants were. I guess most new audiences knew him from. Right. And I think he's just kind of living off of that uh that comedic I guess I guess resurgence from his career that that he got. I guess people realized yeah. he was funny from Ant Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean it's the funny. same the same can be said with Ken Jong. I feel like Ken Jong's an actor where it's like he was funny in one thing and it's just like we're gonna get him to do this same thing over and over again and everything else he's gonna do. He had no point and no business in this movie. No. Like two scenes. Mm-hmm. They weren't even they weren't even funny. He wasn't funny yeah. in any the one guy was his son. That was like just bizarre. I see. Can I tell you? I thought that was the funniest joke in the movie when he called that guy his son. <laughs> it was so, um, so out of left field. <laughs> <laughs> but all right. I mean, we we can talk about Ken Jeong now, or we could save it for later. But I, I'll just talk about it now. I was fine with him throughout this movie because yeah, you're right, John. He was in like two scenes, and then the third scene that he shows up in, he is just so over the top, like smashing the cake with a baseball bat. I was just, it was crazy. I mean, for a Tom and Jerry movie, it was unbelievable. Right. I, before we get any further into this, I, I guess we kind of got to do the disclaimer that we usually do. Um, if you want to see this, mm-hmm. if you lost a bet and you have to watch this, I, I guess we're going to be talking about scenes and, and plot lines, if there is, if you're going to call it plot lines, but I need uh, to say that if you're concerned about spoilers for this movie, you need to leave your house more, uh, <laughs> regardless of this pandemic. Or uh, yeah. watch the news, watch something else if, if you're concerned about spoilers mm-hmm. for this movie. <laughs> but spoilers. I guess it's good to get the disclaimer. So the I other can... thing I feel like we should say too is like we are absolutely not the target audience for this movie, so. We don't know who that target audience is, but there's very well people out there that will enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie was definitely not made for us, but we obviously still can review it. This yeah. is a, this is a contract binding review. We signed on to do this when we signed on for mm-hmm. season three. We we just our lawyers just didn't look at it. Yeah, yeah. We just, I mean, we we kind of you know we signed the deal with the devil when we said we were going to do all the HBO Max releases. So, but I think what you said, man, it's it's nice that we're finally doing something that we can negatively critique. Yeah, I, I think for the most part, 
you know, well, I, I don't know. I, I felt like we didn't really hold back too much on our Wonder Woman 84 review. No, but there is good things to take away from that. I don't think there's one good thing to take away from this at all. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you walk away from this movie and say like, wow, like Chloe Grace Moretz was really good in this. <laughs> I thought she was really bad in this. <laughs> and She's like, been kind of nowhere recently, so it's kind of a shame to see her in something like this. Yeah. <laughs> it's... So let's just do a, a quick synopsis for the folks at home. So mm-hmm. the movie is about Tom and Jerry in New York. They don't explain why they're there. Mm-hmm. Jerry's homeless. They don't explain why. Mm-hmm. Tom's making extra money playing the piano in Central Park. They don't explain why. That why? That's, <laughs> that's just what. That's just what it opens up with. Yeah. And the whole movie is them trying to live in a hotel mm-hmm. that is holding a royal wedding for a famous couple that told you nothing about. Mm-hmm. It's just, oh, these two people are very important. You have no idea who they are. Yeah. And it's just all the chaos that the, mm-hmm. you get in, in the Tom and Jerry comics. Yeah. You get like Tom and Jerry doing their cartoony antics. You get you know, some of the, the quirky staff working at the hotel. Um, and I guess at the center stage, I guess you could say that, that Chloe Grace Moretz, her name is Kayla in the movie, is, uh, you know, I mean, again, right off the bat, super unlikable. She she steals some lady's resume. Like, like And are we to believe she's homeless? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you never. I, I Like, what was her background? Like, am I supposed to feel bad for her? We have no yeah. idea. You just see her on that phone on the phone when she's getting fired from a job. Mm-hmm. You have no idea yeah. what she did or what the job is that, mm-hmm. that she was doing. And I want to point out the guy that fired her was like the biggest like Keegan Michael Key lookalike I think I've ever seen. <laughs> like I, I think they I probably wanted him. Yeah. him. <laughs> I thought it was him. Yeah. 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 Remember in Foo Fight when they they had all the the knockoff brands like run that show because all like the main like brands and. Like uh yeah, like Fruit Loops and stuff like that. Just said mm-hmm. no, we're not doing this. They couldn't do it. Yeah. So, they, so they made them like completely ugly. That's kind <laughs> this, of what it felt like. This is where he drew the line. He's mm-hmm. like, I can't do that movie. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, she gets fired from that job. You know, yeah, you have like Tom and Jerry in the park. You know, Tom is playing piano, pretending to be blind, and then Jerry just for no reason at all. Like, why was it because he was making money? Is that why Jerry was like coming after Tom there? We're really breaking this down, but I think because <laughs> the movie opens up with a bigger mouse giving Jerry, like a, a real estate agent mouse giving mm-hmm. Jerry like a tour of a, the back of a taxi. And he's like, yeah, I, I, ain't, I ain't living here. And Dave, then he's, he's looking for what? Th- that's important. But like <laughs> this movie opened up with pigeons singing, Can You Kick It from a tribe called Quest. <laughs> That's how I, really forgot about that. I forgot about that. The movie was really trying to sell those pigeons. I mean, that's, that's uh, <laughs> multiple points there. They're singing songs in this. I, I, I wanted to see them like somehow contribute to the story, and it was just they they were just singing. You know how like the muses and Hercules were they sang everything to give mm-hmm. I guess progression for scenes and transitions and stuff like that. Yeah. I had no idea what these things were and what they were for. <laughs> 
They were just uh, why, music, why did right? the movie have to open that? Like you couldn't have opened the movie with like stuff from the old cartoon or like yeah. some explanation of mm-hmm. one why of them. I, mean, I guess, well, I guess. Well, I guess Tom was on the train, but again, yeah, we have no idea where he's coming from and yeah. why he goes to New York. Well, and, and I, I think you need that in these movies because, look, I get it's a cartoon, but like at some point you got to explain what's going on in this. Like, and on, and that's on top, the other thing. And on top of that, they don't give them voices. There's certain, there's mm-hmm. different movies where they give them voices. They don't have a voice in this. Not I think all. I kind of liked that this movie didn't need to give them like just a celebrity voice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say this movie needed to like explain its world a little bit, like yeah. all the animals being cartoons. Like I think we needed some that was some that was background, weird background. That was like weird. It, the movie should have just been a full cartoon or figured out another. I don't I don't know like Sonic. Like I, I haven't seen mm-hmm. the Sonic movie, but like that doesn't I, I don't know. It looks a little more natural and stuff. I mean this the CGI and the finished product look better. The the original design looked horrible, but yeah, I don't know. This was just say... odd. There's one thing I will say that the movie overall, it was clear. The picture was super clear. I thought mm. it's very bright. Yeah, it was very Absolutely. yeah bright, and the animation for the most part was was pretty good. Mm. I mean, except for the times when the animation interacted with humans, where it just looked like it was photoshopped. It was pretty bad. Like yeah. I, I go, like the very opening when when Tom runs into Chloe Grace Moretz on the bike and they collide with each other that was just a horrible horrible it was just bad yeah yeah, yeah that's i, I think mm. i think the designs looked good but i don't think it could decide if it wanted to be 3d or 2d mm. like i think it was kind of too like in the in, in the gray area there yeah kind of bounced I, around and i thought the actors had a hard time trying to act with the animation mm-hmm I just them the expressions on their face they made sometimes while they're trying yeah. to act just like all right mm-hmm. am I supposed to what what am I doing yeah I felt most notably with like Chloe Grace Moretz like it was almost like she seemed lost the entire movie she did and and it was almost like it felt like she didn't know how to act with like nothing there right. or like she would like it it just it never felt like she was in the I, you know again it's a movie but it never felt like she was in the same room with with Tom. Yeah. And she made the weird facial expressions throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It kind of looked like she had to go to the bathroom half the time. <laughs> I, you know, I haven't seen her in anything in a while. Which, what's she done? Neighbors was the last thing I think I saw her. I think she did some movie right. Greta two years ago. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't see that, but okay. I, the list of actresses that they wanted for this movie is ridiculous. I, I got to read it off. I, I think they wanted everyone and anyone. Mm-hmm. Zo- Zoe Deutsch, Olivia Cook, mm-hmm. Sophia okay. Carson, Elle Fanning, Jennifer Lawrence, Ariel Winter, Naomi Scott, Meg Donnelly, Ailey Steinfeld, Yara Shahidi, Kelly Marie Tran, Becky G, June Squibb, Isabella Moner. June Squibb. <laughs> June Squibb was not on that list. John, I, am I kidding? June I was gonna, I was going to chime in after that list and say, and not June Squibb. I was going to say that. <laughs> Francis Conroy also was uh, in contention for that. Wasn't Monica Bellucci was almost in this too, wasn't she? I think so. Zazie yeah. Beats. <laughs> I would, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised she wasn't on that list. <laughs> yeah, that name like, would. But no, there's legitimate, and I'm not 
kidding. There is legitimate concept concept art though for this movie with Jennifer Lawrence. Like I think that was their top choice. Jeez. Well, she's. I heard she's doing Sue Storm now. It's what we're hearing the rumor, right? I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I feel like she's, you haven't seen her in a ton of stuff either lately. I was just gonna say she she's gonna probably pop in something big soon. Yeah. What was the last thing I think I saw her with, or I saw her recently? I didn't see the movie, but with Chris Pratt in that space movie. Oh, uh, it was Passengers. I Passengers. Think. That movie was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. People had issues with that. Yeah, it was like a cool concept, just not mm-hmm. a good movie. Yeah, I think the issue people had with that movie, Dave, was like they were in this like big space voyage, like trying to like save Earth. I guess they were floating around in space for like eighty plus years, and Chris Pratt wakes up, or, or something happens. Chris Pratt wakes up, so he wakes up Jennifer Lawrence. Like just because he wants to be with someone, uh, <laughs> yeah. so I think people, yeah. Uh, okay, I, I, yeah. I have to take a look at it to to really see. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's that's actually, uh, this is actually a prequel to that, Tom and Jerry. Because man, I'm a I'm a millennial, so when I watch something, I my first thought is to make sure I try to find someone something to cancel somebody for. It <laughs> could someone be canceled in that movie, Passengers? Yeah, I mean, I mean, like I said, like it's Chris Pratt kind of just, uh, you know, waking up Jennifer Lawrence for his it's, own. It uh, seems like Chris Pratt's trying is trying to get canceled every other week. I always see him trending on Twitter, mm-hmm. and I see like that gif of Denzel Washington holding his heart, and it's like, oh no, right, someone just trying to cancel Chris Pratt again. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think both of them. I mean, again, I think this ties into our Tom and Jerry episode very well, but I think both Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt they just got too famous too quick. You know, and they kind of yeah. burn out after a bit. I don't know. I, I guess. But to get back to what we were talking about with Chloe Grace Moretz. So she steals this woman's resume and, and takes her job at this hotel. And I talked about it briefly before, but we learn about Chloe Grace Moretz's character, Kayla. And she gets fired from her job on the phone walking down the street mm-hmm. and then just goes into this hotel. And just from her interaction with the, the doorman who only job is just to make weird facial poses every time they go outside mm-hmm. makes a comment as if they knew each other. We have no yeah. background to that at all or her supposed uh, frequent visits to this hotel. And she's in the lobby and steals this woman's resume. Yeah. So, somehow I guess they knew each other or they were trying to let us hit her in the doorman. I guess it was like she would go in the hotel for food. I think that's mm. what the movie was getting at. So like, was she homeless? I guess they complimentary stuff out. Yeah, yeah. again, I, who knows? Where are her like, parents? Are, are we supposed to feel live? bad? For, we need answers. Are we supposed yeah. to feel bad for her? Not after she steals this woman's resume. Like, like Who's very qualified for this job, by the way. <laughs> I do want to pose this question as, as we've all worked in this industry i guess you would you would say to say is this a, a, a mouse inhabiting a venue like this is that uncommon in your guys's mind and and would that truly be cause for uh for creating this much chaos around one event you know I, i've been so distant from my career at working in hospitality and dining that i could feel confident saying that i from where i worked i a mouse would be a good day compared to some of the shit that I've seen. 
I was yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, I I I, I think that tiger could be roaming around, and I don't think that would cause any chaos at mm-hmm. a, the venue. I'm I'm envisioning where we used to work. Yeah. Well, they used to t- they used to send out the bridge guests on the elephants to go out to their cars. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, if if you have an exotic, you know who would love this hotel, Joe Exotic. Oh yeah. You, I mean, there were some animals at this. One. <laughs> It's a shame that they didn't part them outside the prison with that limo when they thought he was going to get pardoned by Trump. Yeah, too good edit of them on the drone on the skateboard going to free Joe Exotic instead of getting the cat. <laughs> That's what they wanted. Yeah, but but you know to to go back, Dave, to answer your point, uh, no, I don't think or or John, you you would pose this question. I don't think this would cause that much of an uproar. Just a single mouse, no. No way. But again, we're in cartoon world. We're in a movie. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and did... somehow I guess Tom cat, you know, Tom wants in on this, uh, this hotel action kind of, it seems like. Well, it's the whole cat and mouse game. So he's trying to kill him for ruining his, uh, mm-hmm. his fail fate blind yeah. scheme that he was doing in the beginning. I got to ask this before we move too far ahead, but what is with Tom's obsession with John legend movie does not, choose to address that nor does it make it a gimmick later in the movie mm-hmm. because tom's singing voice is t-pain <laughs> it would have been one thing i feel like if they made it john legend but it's t-pain they're two very similar artists you know i was i was wondering that too he's playing the piano and just doesn't talk at all but he's singing and he's got that that t-pain like post malone-ish kind of you know with the with the mm. echoing and all that shit that they do yeah. Well, I, I heard it at first. I was like, all right, this is going to be where the John Legend thing is going to, you know, they're going to bring that back and it's going to be mm-hmm. him. But no, it was T Pain. Uh, yeah. This movie did a great job of like creating different plot holes and then not addressing them at all later on. Yeah. They, it's almost like they set, it's almost like you missed like a seat, like you walked out of the room and then you come back and you're just like sort of wondering like what happened, you know? Well, that's, I was going to say, did, Again, not that it was really bothering me that I wouldn't totally know, but I fi- so you know the the bride loses the ring, and I figured that Jerry had it. But did we? I, I know Jerry took all the other stuff out of her, you know, pocketbook. But mm-hmm. did we see him take the ring? Or I don't think so. That's what uh, I thought. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I I have to go back. <laughs> Again, yeah, I don't. I, I, I don't need. Like... I don't need to find that answer out. But mm-hmm. I was just wondering. Yeah. You, you know what bothered me a lot too, and the whole bride and groom situation was annoying. I I, I don't find Colin Jost funny at all. And what bothered me was how close the bride, her name was Prita, I think, in the movie, right? Um, yeah, I think how right. much of like an just an undeserved friendship she had with Chloe Grace Moretz, Kayla. It was like it was out of nowhere, and then you have like Rob Delaney being like, "Oh, she really has taken a shine to you." <laughs> Right, and I, 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 thought, I thought his I thought his character was at least comical in it. Yeah, I, I think what they were going for was that like just like very unsuspecting like boss like didn't you know? Um, it reminded me of Ted. Do you remember Ted? Every time Ted would just like curse off his boss and he would get a promotion. Oh yeah, I felt like they were going for that kind of vibe. But it kind of reminded me of Will Forte, like how Will Forte does his kind of like mm-hmm. like gullible kind of acting. Yeah, there was a. He was very naive, but 
I, I think he maybe him and Michael Pena. I think maybe tried more than anyone else in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Michael Pena. He was. I mean, he tried, but I don't he was know. overkill. <laughs> we kind of gave the whole gist of the movie, so I think we're kind of just going off just what pops into our head and things mm-hmm. that that bothered me. Yeah, it it just seemed like to me that this was definitely a pandemic movie because mm-hmm. it didn't feel like the actors were actually in the same room with each other. Yeah, I also, did look into it though. Apparently, it did, and and this was kind of go, going off your point there. This supposedly did finish filming after, like, before everything shut down. I think it started in July 2019, so it, it was done before mm-hmm. the pandemic yeah. shut everything down. But I, I I do wonder how much of this movie had to be completed at mm-hmm. home. I did read. I, I felt like I read like a lot of the animation was like completed. Like that makes sense. At home. Yeah, and, and I feel like it would be a little bit more like okay, well, you know, that probably wasn't easier. But I mean, look at di- tomorrow. Disney releases that Rye and the Last Dragon, mm-hmm. and that animation looks great. Great. I mean, who who knows what the budgets are for you know that movie versus this? But I don't mm-hmm. think it's really that easy to give a pass. Yeah. You know, for that. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of what made me think about this is when you brought up Colin Jones because it looked like he wasn't even he wasn't looking mm. at anyone straight in the, in the in the eyes this entire movie. Yeah, the yeah. the scene where he was playing the virtual golf, that to me more that's than any other that's scene. That's where it stood out. Yeah, that's where it looked like like he was way in the background, and then anytime the camera went to him, it was just like a close it, up on him. It was so a, like I don't it was know, a bust. Yeah, but that by was the a, end, all by, of them. Yeah. By the end of the scene, it looked like he was there with the bride. So if that wasn't the case, then they did a good job at that part. But mm-hmm. yeah, anytime he talked, it just cut to right him, which again, yeah, it made it seem like he wasn't with the rest of the cast. What, like, why did he need to be in this though? Like, again, like I don't think Colin Jost is funny, but like you could have just gotten anyone to be like that guy, you know, and then use whatever money he got paid for this movie to better the CGI because there was some horrible CGI in this. The, the, those alley cats look ridiculous. I mean, just the way they walked up. I mean, that, <laughs> video games in 2006 were making better cuts. Yeah. Than that. And then they, they did didn't... nothing with them. Yeah. You thought this was going to be like one of like Tom's like side adver- like side adversaries that were he was going to be facing against the entire movie. Yeah. You know, like once in there in a jail cell. <laughs> yeah, there was like no explanation for like, does he have some history with these guys? <laughs> yeah, like beef? who are they? They cousins? Are they they yeah. bullies? Like who are these people? <laughs> yeah, and then Tom calls like the cops on them pretty much. Remember? Snitch. And like I, I don't think they did it, but I don't think they were doing anything <laughs> that warranted them going to the pound, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, and you know, on unnecessary characters, I'm just gonna put this out right here. Bobby Cannavale is that bulldog spike, just un- absolutely unnecessary. He made the movie for me. I the scene where Michael Pena walks him and he takes a dump in the middle of the street. Like, what did that scene further? Like, <laughs> I, I, it, I made me laugh. Yeah, because of the ridiculousness of it. And, it made yeah. a good meme, like a good meme picture, like him looking back. <laughs> it did. Uh, the fact that they had to give. Bobby Cannavale, an actor who has been in something like The Irishman, that he had to make those sounds and things in, in, in a booth. I mean, uh, he, he won an Emmy for Boardwalk Empire. <laughs> yeah. But his, his, his next 2021 film is very questionable. Thunder, what is it, Thunder Force? <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to do an episode on that later. 
but uh and what was his name and anytime there's like a dog i feel like it's either one or, so i think his name's spike in this right right and, and and i will say i think this is a character from the cartoons okay um, i was like i think that's was... what yeah i think that's why he talks and everything and why the other characters didn't so I, like i think there was reasoning behind that yeah but... i was thinking his name was bruno it's either like spike or bruno when you have a cartoon dog <laughs> right especially when it's like a pit like that yeah or a boy a bulldog yeah. yeah yeah but yeah you're right like right off the bat just like when he just walks into this hotel he call he says like take this for me toots like <laughs> the, the cgi with them was like worse than the other characters <laughs> them I, walking with him on the leash and, you uh, want to talk about fancy gi and i think this is one of the like the thing i laughed the most at was when they all started fighting and they created that twister storm and they drug <laughs> Michael Pena into it. The, the movie <laughs> loved that, though. It did it twice. It has two animal tornadoes. It's like the portals in the end of comic book movies, like the end of Suicide Squad. And all <laughs> The movie loved it. Like remember in the Fantastic Four from Fox when they get sucked up into, into space at the end? I thought that yeah. was better animation than this. Than this, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to lie. The movie probably does it twice because it's probably like half of the CGI is probably exactly the same. The movie yeah. probably just repeats it. Right, like you do a side-by-side, it looks identical. I'm Copy sure. clip, yeah. paste clip. The one they, they just probably had to throw Michael Pena in the one. <laughs> you know, know what made me laugh, though, to go back to Spike? I wanted to mention this. That scene where, yeah, he's walking across the street and he takes a dump right in the middle of that, like, crosswalk. That is funny. But I think what I found funnier was toward the, again, we're going to spoilers, toward the end of the movie at the wedding, you just have Rob Delaney and Michael Pena are just, like, sniffing. (laughs) And out of no, like, he just farts. Like, there's no context. He just, like, farts. That yeah, made me laugh more than right. the other thing. <laughs> yeah, that did too. Yeah, that was. Uh, it's like uh, the movie was trying. The movie was trying to like go back to its roots, or I, I don't know, felt like it went too long yeah. without a gag like that. But you know what I'll say with this movie too is you know you can put as much potty humor because there wasn't that much. Like I don't think there was. There also there wasn't like, I don't think. an incredibly amount of like adult jokes. Like, it's not like there was any, like, innuendos, like you would get in Shrek or anything like that, which I felt like kind of made the movie boring. Yeah, there was, like, one or two, like, equality jokes that were kind of funny, but after, like, the seventh equality joke, like, I was like, all right, I, we get it. That's right. Yeah, they wanted to make it, it was kind of It was like, kind of annoying. It was actually yeah, very annoying. An equal opportunity employee to, to hire Tom at the, uh, yeah, at the hotel. They, they mentioned it a couple times. Mm-hmm. And then they did the same thing about 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 her being a woman, mm-hmm. about the cat. Yeah, you know it. We get it. Yeah, we get it. Yeah, you don't gotta shove it in our faces. Not during yeah. Tom and Jerry. I, we waited. We but, waited. We waited way too long for this. I think we also have to talk about the fact that like, like Tom was able to get hired there. Like you know, <laughs> and and that's the thing where I think if you're gonna be a movie that again, and this is a kids movie, which mm. is a major disclaimer here, but. Like the movie needs to explain what, like, why are all the animals cartoons, mm-hmm. or you know, like what, like, I, I don't, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it was just not well executed. Mm-hmm. I think it wasn't that creative, or yeah. uh, all they, as all defined they to, as sometimes other movies are. 
all they had to say at the beginning was that this movie is seen through the eyes of Tom and Jerry. So when they see the animals, they see them as like themselves. That would have mm -hmm. been a perfect explanation for it. Yeah. For no reason, just... we, for, for no reason, we have a hipster walking a dog and a cartoon dog down the street at the beginning of the movie. No explanation for it. Yeah. Right. I, I, it just should have been a full cartoon, I think, if you ask me. Uh, mm -hmm. At that point. Yeah. I mean, you can get some good actors, you know, voice actors. I think as an actor, you feel more res respected doing voice work than talking to the ground. I mean, let's go back to it. Like, why do you think Bobby Cannavale? I think, you know, I could have easily seen him in the Rob Delaney role. Yeah. But he decided to take on Spike the Spike the dog. It's probably, it was probably less, less lines, more pay. Yeah. And I'm also surprised they couldn't get Aquafina to play Toots. She just didn't get a, you know. She just didn't get a uh, voice in this movie at all. I guess not. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I could uh, honestly, I think I could spend this whole episode just talking about Spike in this movie. Because <laughs> he just had some, he had some moments. The music, I will say, I feel, the music I feel like the, uh, uh, the score for this movie was ridiculous at points. <laughs> mm -hmm. and the, or one early action scene with Tom, which I will say, I think some of the Tom and Jerry action I'm not that big a fan of it, but I think it was probably authentic to what the original cartoons were. There were some good moments with, you know, their kind of antics, but yeah, yeah that, that first like action scene with them, I mean, the score, I mean, the score's like something out of like the end of Avengers Endgame or like Star Wars, like it's, it's a very like serious, dramatic score. Yeah. And it, the movie gets so dramatic when the wedding gets wrecked, mm -hmm. like really like sappy. Yeah. Like unnecessarily so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just gets. Uh, I mean, it, you could. It takes itself a little too seriously. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like she was fired, and she had no like reason to be, even be involved with this thing at all, and mm -hmm. kind of just drugs herself back into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You really just you didn't know what motivation she had. And it, what, what's what was the is her with the bartender? Is that supposed to be the the love connection for the movie? Ooh, another thing I want to bring up. Yeah, I, I guess it was, but but again, similar to her with the bride, it was like you were like right off the bat, you were like, all right, this is going to be the love interest, and there was just like the chemistry wasn't there at all. <laughs> I will say, I, I I I think the movie very easily could have done more with that or taken it further, and I don't mm. really think it did. You get that forced scene where he's all pissed at her, and then he's with her the next day. Yeah. But, like, the movie doesn't have to do a cutaway to them on a date or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So, I don't think again, the relationship felt forced, but, yeah, it uh, probably wasn't in the budget. <laughs> I feel like they focused more on trying to push the gag of the awkward, creepy-looking employee that had all the answers than this whole love connection that they were trying to push uh, to. That, that, yeah. that was never funny once. I, I mean, I can I be honest with you guys? And I don't know how you feel. I never felt like she was, like, super awkward. Like, I mean, she was awkward, but, like, I never felt like she was this, like, crazy weirdo that they were but, making her out to be they, in this movie. It was... I mean, that not, like, great on the eyes, but mm -hmm. I, I kind of agree with you, Matt. They, they kind of just put her in the background and did that weird, like, swoosh music every time... Mm -hmm that they they yeah. introduced her mm -hmm. like she was a creep yeah 
Like they could have, I feel like they could have easily gotten somebody like a Rachel Dratch to play like this, like weird, like janitor or something at the, at the hotel. But they just got this normal person. I don't know. I don't know. I, I did laugh at one thing. She's telling the story about how she lost her brother and she looks up and Chloe Grace and Russ is just, just, just gone. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did laugh at that. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was a, I think there was a deleted, like, love, like, connection between her and Ken Jeong. <laughs> I, yeah, I will say again, I mean, Ken Jeong, I think he had the funniest line in the movie when he called that one guy his son. I, I actually, I genuinely laughed at that. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Was that, was that the only time the movie made that joke? Or did they make the joke when the guy was, like, scared, too? I think it was just that. That was the only. I might have missed it, but I think that was the only time. Okay. Yeah. I think there was just so many unnecessary elements. You meant, you know, the chef, the doorman, mm-hmm. the awkward. I guess the awkward bellhop. You know, like, and by how little they committed to them, it just made the whole thing just so confusing throughout the entire thing. Mm-hmm. We're really getting into this. Like really now, I was going to ask, do you guys think that this would have been a better movie if the whole setting and the cast uh, from The Sweet Life was in this movie, if you set this movie at the Tipton? This definitely took inspiration from Sweet Life, I would say. You see, I feel like it, we're, we're really, like I guess we're really breaking this down i think it would be successful more successful really mm-hmm. you know kids show cartoon i it seemed like it was a match in heaven i mean this 100 if disney had the rights to tom and jerry we'd be getting this exact movie but it'd be with they, the it, same cast from sweet life but it'd be they switch bodies whereas tom and jerry and, the, and human bodies and the sprouse twins are in adam <laughs> hell i'm really i'm really thinking deep into this that is deep, yeah. The only question would be, what roles would Mosby and Patrick have in this movie? Mosby was... I love Mosby. He was great in that show. <laughs> Him doing the Tipton commercial? Yeah. That, that, gets, that, vid, that video gets shared in our Instagram group like at least once a month, just a resend. <laughs> I give you credit, Matt. You just said that out of nowhere one day. I'm like, this yeah. is great. <laughs> yeah, it just showed up on the feed. Why not? <laughs> I wish we could like live show our entire Instagram feed to, to our audience. Let them know what's going on. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think without a doubt, you know, I, I think this movie took inspiration. I wouldn't be surprised if Chloe Grace Moretz was even on The Sweet Life. I think maybe one of us has to do a deep dive right, real quick to uh, her IMDb. Just thinking about that the Sprouse twins switching bodies with them. Remember that, that uh, on Nickelodeon, that Jimmy Timmy power hour when Jimmy Neutron and their fellow parents switched places. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah. That could be a ruby down the line. There was a good, what was the one like channel channel chasers that I like that one. What would be your, if you had to do a Nickelodeon mashup, what, what two would you do? Hmm. I think I might go. Uh, you're forcing me. I think I might go Rocket Power and Tack and the Power of Juju. Oh, or Rocket Power in my life as a teenage robot. Tack and the Power of Juju. <laughs> it's 
it's been a while. Jeez. I mean, we were talking about Cat Scratch a couple weeks ago. Cat <laughs> Scratch from Palswick's is... also on the table. Yeah. As told by Ginger and their brothers Garcia. <laughs> that actually might work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as told by Ginger is pretty serious. I think we're when we do a Nicktoons, we're doing a deep analysis on a Lois Fatley. Who's that? That's a whole Forgotten Files on just Lois. That's her mom. Uh, it's her it's mom. A whole, it's a whole Forgotten Files. Yeah. I, you know what I would do? I would do All Grown Up with Planet Sheen. Ugh. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All Grown Up. You want someone, you want someone to watch it, right? Necessary. Yeah. All Grown Up is maybe one of the most unnecessary Nick to. I mean, there's a lot of them, but. Mm. I mean, they weren't really grown. They were only like. They're supposed to be like eleven or like twelve in the thing, weren't they? It's just some weird choice. I had the one it, Tommy had like purple hair, and they yeah. put they put Spike on Death's bed on that show too. Oh, did they? Yeah. Yeah. yeah was the I grandpa was the grandpa still around in that show? I think Grandpa Boris was. I don't know about the actual grandpa. Though. Boris. <laughs> grandpa Boris. <laughs> Were they the mom's parents or the dads? No, the, the moms, moms right? Yeah. yeah oh, the mom's right. family was Jewish. Yeah. There was a whole Hanukkah episode. They're locked up in the I'm attic. not going to get into that. <laughs> every, time someone, someone, every time someone opens the door, they get locked in because they close it. Yeah, that was a very Wasn't there a special... whole episode where like, they, they were up in like the attic or something? Yeah, yeah. They were, like, fast, That's what he's talking about, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, that was, that was a whole... Uh, he was telling the story about Hanukkah. You didn't have too many Hanukkah episodes, but you knew that Rugrats did a Hanukkah special episode. Yeah, D- so. yeah Didi's fan was Jewish. Yeah. There's a there's a whole like analysis of the entire Rugrats show on on the internet somewhere. Mm. It's like maybe their most successful show behind SpongeBob. It's one of the first. I know it's the first lineup for Nickelodeon yeah. was Doug, Brennan Stimpy. Rugrats, and I think one more. It, that's a that's a really good trivia question. Everyone wants to know that. What are you laughing? At? You don't laugh at <laughs> Grandpa Boris. I was thinking back at the meme. Where I, we love those Robert Demiro and Joker memes, <laughs> and where it's like you're laughing. <laughs> the Rugrats are stuck in Paris, <laughs> and you're laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Why did they go to Paris in that movie? I will say why. Th- oh, why- I know why. It's because uh, Stu is contracted to make Reptar for one of their live shows. Right. So the whole crew goes. I have weird knowledge. So I, have more I, have, I have weird knowledge. Like, I went to college. How the fuck do I still know this shit? Yeah. But, I you know will what? Say, I, I, I think we got to do an episode on Rugrats Go Wild and really dive <laughs> deep into Bruce Willis's performance of Spike. Good voice work. We can, review it, the, we can review the scratch and sniff car. I still have my wallet from that movie. <laughs> yeah, there was smell of vision during that one. <laughs> but I'm, I'm trying to think, like, and I, maybe it's because I'm getting older, but, like, could you imagine how stressful that would be bringing, like, five, four babies on a trip to Paris? <laughs> like, I'm just a mad, like, I feel like that would be a very stressful trip. <laughs> Are we getting a uh, Here Comes Chucky e. Chan soundbite in this one? <laughs> Add it in. Wasn't that... Was that the movie that introduced uh, 
like, like what was her Kimmy? Kimmy, yeah. Yeah, because doesn't he meet like his his wife in Paris or something? I think Chaz does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chaz. <laughs> no, this is good too. Uh, Phil knows parents. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, that mom was butch. <laughs> yeah, she definitely had questionable. Uh, <laughs> she was dad, definitely she was definitely frail, questionable. The dad was so frail. <laughs> and every oh yeah, and the and the mom had a dumbbell in her pocket. She always lived in a dumbbell, and she had that the the sweater with the female logo on it. <laughs> I guess to reinforce that she was a woman. Yeah. Do we have anything else we want to say about Tom and Jerry? I think we've said I think we've said everything else we want to say. This is a little. This is like a sneak peek of our Nicktoons episode. <laughs> I have to do part one and part two. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, similar to last week, where never would have I expected John Taffer showing up in Carl and Hoodsy's doghouse. <laughs> what? Who is having that conversation? So things from these cartoons, like they're they're like deep in your in your brain, and they just do not get activated until someone brings it up. Someone brings it up. Yeah, I mean, I completely forgot about Rugrats in Paris, and then I'm like breaking down the movie, right? And I'm yeah, <laughs> ever, yeah. Not, I can I can really I can really get your mind going. Mm-hmm. There's a whole page too on Winslow Longfellow. It's the mouse and cat dog, right? It's the mouse and cat dog. Yeah. If you deep dive on Rancid Rabbit, you know what's funny about him? Cat, he, cat he, dog was pretty bizarre. He was the but mayor, the it. chef, and the driver. He had every job in that town. Winslow that was a good or Rancid Rabbit. Rancid Rabbit. He was the mayor, the driver, the chef. He he had every job in that town. That was like, a great running gag. Imagine being in the writer's room. Like, I feel like that's something that we were right. Like, let's make this character. He's going to be multiple characters, and we're going to name him Rancid Rabbit. <laughs> or go, go further, imagine being in that writer's room. I'm going to write a show about, about these dogs for kids, and I'm going to name one of them Lube. Ew, no, David. <laughs> Yeah, they were the greasers, right? The greasers, yeah. You're right. Again, I don't think I've ever talked about cat dog like this in, in years. But it's like, yeah, it just you, you pick up on it. Yeah. Uh, gosh, so we're already down this rabbit hole. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, so what do we think about the anatomic making of the cat dog? Like, how does this thing live? You see, because now I, I think of it as a one-cell organism mm. where it eats and feeds and replenishes itself. Like, how does this thing go to the bathroom? Ew, no, David. I think it's best not to ask questions. I think. <laughs> I think the deeper you think about it, the more <laughs> stressed you get. Um, I think that's a good theory, though, Dave. Yeah, and it makes a good point. That's kind of how I felt watching Tom and Jerry. Like the more I'm just trying to analyze, like, like what the hell is going on? Yeah, you want them to establish some rules. Like, is this a full? And I found myself analyzing more during it because I watched it sober, which was my biggest mistake. I'm not gonna lie. I think we've really hit on the craziest of Nicktoons. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I would have name drops. I mean. It's like one or two I could name drop, but I don't. I don't think they're going to evoke the laughs of Grandpa Boris or 
Pudsy. Back in the power of Juju. I mean, what was was that? Did that last like two episodes, or was that on for a while? It looks like it had twenty six based on this. That was a video game, I think. Right? I will. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I think it was. I will say a uh, an Angry Beavers and LT Gray: The Adventures of Manny Rivera crossover is much needed in this day and age. Remember the remember the butt ugly Martians. Do you remember the butt too? That was pretty crude animation. It was like a Cartoon Network had some Cartoon Network had some bizarre stuff too. Mm -hmm. Cow and chicken. Cow and chicken. That red like devil thing. Was Pinky was Pinky in the brain Nickelodeon, or was that just one that was also just play on Nickelodeon? Was it kind of in that mold with like um, which I I like Tiny Toons a lot. That would have Pinky in the Brain was like Warner Brothers. So yeah. It was, yeah, it was mixed in with like the Animaniacs, things like that. And, and Tom and Jerry for that matter, I guess, right? I think so. Yeah, I don't think Tom and Jerry, I was trying to look it up. I don't think they're like fully Looney Tunes, um, but they're more of like the Bar- Hanna Barbera like stuff. Right. Yeah. This Nicktoons <laughs> kind of derailed this. Yeah. Well, Grandpa, I don't know. I think we kind of hit yeah. everything we needed to. You definitely got to do. You definitely got to do hashtag Grandpa Boris in the when we promote this. And in the spirit of Tom and Jerry, I think it's important for us to continue talking about these these cartoons. Uh, Cartoon Network did have some bizarre bizarre ones on there. Courage the cowardly dog. I mean, that was a nightmare fuel at some points. <laughs> yeah, it was scary. Yeah, you definitely didn't want to watch them when you went to bed. Codename kids I, I, next door. I never got into that. I always think with Cartoon Network, I think of like the like the, I think of the classics. I guess that lineup. You mentioned Courage, the Cowardly Dog, Ed, Ed and Eddie, Johnny Bravo, Dexter's Laboratory. Yeah, I remember they had, they had a good lineup when I was a kid. I remember Friday nights. It was like that. That was the the channel to watch. I think I always liked Nickelodeon cartoons more though. That was just me. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I never watched it, but the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. That was a popular one. That was okay. Yeah, yeah. I like Howdy Johnny Bravo. What was, that was what good. was it? Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends was that a Cartoon Network? Yeah, I never got into that. Yeah. Um, some people love Adventure Time. I think that's one of those Cartoon Network shows. I think I've ever watched more than a single like eleven minute mm-hmm. episode of that thing of that. Yeah. I always remember, I think, Matt, I think you were on my family vacation with, with us down in Seattle years and years ago, and we were flipping mm-hmm. through, and Pee-wee's Playhouse came on Cartoon Network. Uh, and that was, like, a big thing for, like, their Adult Swim fan base, like, reading into it. Like, they, they loved it on there. Yeah. I, what I, was the point of that thing on there? Pee-wee's like Playhouse? Like, a cult following on Adult Swim, Pee-wee's, or? Probably. I mean, I mean, I think it's one of those things where you think about it now, it's like, obviously you have streaming. So if we wanted to watch Pee Wee's Playhouse, we can find it, I'm sure on like Netflix or Amazon or Hulu versus then we're like, yeah, I think we're right. Like you're getting the nostalgia play for it. And it's also like selective. So like you have to make sure you're watching that at exactly like 1130. I'm sure people tuned in for it. You know, I, 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 I was yeah. reading there was like an underground like Lawrence Fishburne fan base that was really honing in and trying to get Pee-wee's Playhouse back on the map. He was the mailman, wasn't he? Or he, he was he the was cowboy. He was the he cowboy. Was cowboy. Right, yeah. 
I like Lawrence Fishburne, I think. Yeah. This is a good connection, too, because Tim Story directed Silver Surfer. Lawrence Fishburne voiced the Silver Surfer in that. So That's why I brought it up. I knew exactly where your mind was going, Matt. <laughs> he, could, he could have done the voice of Spike. <laughs> no, it, it had to be Bobby Cannavale. Any thoughts on Bobby Cannavale in this, uh, this Thunder Force? See that that trailer, John. I, I watched it yesterday, and you're right. I did not. I didn't even finish the trailer, and then you texted and you were like, "You can skip through the whole trailer. Just go to two minutes and twenty three seconds." And I'm glad I. Pizza time. All right, guys. Let's talk about the beer we're drinking tonight. The Gumball Head Wheat Beer from Three Floyds. This is an outsourced beer. Uh-huh. It's also the final one on our Pig and Six. I mentioned at the beginning of the show, it's kind of ironic that we got a beer from Indiana a week after Carson's got traded to Indiana. And there's a cat on the cover. And there's so, a I mean, we, we coincided yeah. that with our, uh, our Tom and Jerry review. So. Exactly. Just the, just the wackiness of the can alone would have gone with this movie. And I mean, mm-hmm. that it, it's not normal. I mean, that can perfectly relate to several scenes in this movie, whether it being when, when Spike takes a dump right in the middle of the street or, you know, the, the various animal clouds this movie creates. Yeah. I don't think we talked about the animal clouds enough. I feel like we could do an entire episode on that, too. This looks like it was designed under the influence of mushrooms, which is what I think I definitely would need to enjoy Tom mm-hmm. and Jerry. Yeah. I like this beer, though, guys. I, I, I It is good. With, yeah. And the artwork on the can is cool, but, like, what would you say about the beer? Like, what – do you think feel like it's pretty hoppy or – Well, I know it said it has, like, a lemon finish, and, and I definitely got that throughout mm-hmm. the whole beer. That yeah. was good. Yeah, let's get a little, like, ting at the end. Does anything about this scream like gumball to you at all? See, the way I look at it is like the artwork is more like reminiscent of gumball. Right. You know what that reminds me of? Remember that that mini remember mini clip or my old? No, the, yeah, I remember that. I remember. Going? Remember that bubble trouble game where you were that little red alien and you had to shoot the bubbles and it would make mm. them fall once more? It kind of looks yeah. like him a little bit. Oh, Dave, do I remember a mini clip? Grade school, the site was blocked on certain computers in computer class, but there were other computers where Miniclip was not blocked. <laughs> so you had to go to those computers if you wanted to play that game. Right. <laughs> Raft Wars was one of its staples. Yeah. <laughs> I will but say. Either... What, they, what they tried pulling on to us, uh, I remember there was a website called Albino Black Sheep, which was like the underground YouTube before YouTube was a thing. That was just watching videos. I don't remember that. <laughs> that was a thing? I think, that, yeah, I remember yeah. that. I will uh, say this. Yeah, hooligans. Yeah, hooligans. The cat in the hat game, don't jump on the bed. <laughs> don't jump on the bed. It was a fun game. Yeah. Cool math. We had Super Mario type, type through time. Mm-hmm. I remember that. That was kind of cool. God, it, 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 it's this beer, man. It, it just takes your mind and goes different directions. We were talking about Nicktoons. That's this entire thing. I know. 
I will say this, this can thing take about this, me yes. back to a specific game. Do you guys know what game I'm thinking of? Very gruesome game. Brings you back to a specific game. Kirby Air Ride? No. That was a fun game, though. Yeah. I definitely saw the game from one of you. Uh, wasn't there a game with, like, a cat? Kitten Cannon. Kitten Cannon. Okay. Yeah. Was that Old, like the... Was that, like the bro- that. was that like the before Angry Birds is a thing? Kind of. I never yeah. got well, into no. Angry Birds. I All you did never cared for was hit a space bar. Oh, really? I never cared for Angry Birds at all. Yeah, I never got into Angry Birds. I, I got into phases with the Temple Run I was into for a while. Yeah, I like that too. I like Subway Surfers. Mm-hmm. See, I did Farmville. Words for Friends was always good too. Farmville for a little bit. I couldn't. I couldn't sustain the crops. I just didn't go in the game that much. Once they started bringing alien cows, like they were hard to to take care of. I was like, I I, I can't do this anymore. I'm out. I'm out. That, that was like the original uh, Nazi zombies on Call of Duty was was fun, and then <sighs> and and now you can like go into like portals and transport mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And like, yeah, no, I'm out. It's too much. We used to we're... blast Tower Swift while we played that game. Yeah. That was our uh, that was our routine, <laughs> but where does this beer lie? Like where where are we ranking this one? I'm gonna give this a four. Mm-hmm. Four, so I'm giving it a four too. Yeah, I think, I, think I, um, I think I'd give four. I think the past few crafts we've done have been pretty light, so I think this is kind of a good change of pace, but it's not super heavy. It's got a good if, flavor to it for sure. If you if you good let finish. it if you let it sit and get warm, it kind of the aftertaste is a little too strong for my liking. But I kind of agree with you. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't buy a six pack of this, but if I if it was like a solo in the fridge, mm-hmm. you know you're gonna you're in for a ride with it. Put it in a mix and six, and you're good, which is what we did. And yeah, we mentioned it before it's not too heavy, weighing in a five point six percent alcohol. So, mm-hmm. and take take what you want with that information. Yeah, and just our normal PSA: don't drink and drive. It's not cool. Mm. Just be safe. You know, be safe. Be smart. We're almost yeah. out of this pandemic. You want to be around for to go back mm-hmm. to the movies. So I was just gonna say we're getting through it. So it's good. My parents are getting vaccinated on Tuesday. Oh, awesome! That's they gotta, my... they, they gotta go down to like the middle of like West Philly to get it, though. Oh, okay. That's interesting. My my test is scheduled for Tuesday too. Oh, cool. My first one. Yeah. I think by the time that I'm gonna be able to get it, mm-hmm. it's probably gonna be that one shot from Johnson and Johnson. Yeah, I feel yeah. Like that, I feel like it's like the the less potent one, but I'm gonna get it to young people like us because mm-hmm. it'll keep us out of the hospital, but. You know, if we, if we get it, it's just like we had the flu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a crazy time. I, I like that you brought that up there, Dave. I, I agree. I think we're, we're getting close to being out of this. I think everyone has shown a lot of, uh, a lot of resilience during this time. So I just can't believe it. I'm telling you, once I get the vaccine, I am going to the movie theaters, and I do not care. <laughs> 
See, there's got to be a movie I want to see though. Like, I don't think I would have came out to the. But that's the thing. But before this commentary. podcast, before this podcast, I we weren't oh, going. Right. I wasn't going to see just anything. I was going to see Star Wars, Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe like the the big comedy blockbuster of the of the, of the year. But I, I wasn't like. But now, before we were just getting into our stride of just going and enjoying things to review. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like a treat more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we were. Um, it was. It's. I. I still. I mean, it, it's crazy for me to think back. The last movie we saw in a theater was the way back, and it was like this time a year ago. Yeah, it's been almost a year. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, with all under, us, like a week all under. This, mm-hmm. We would. The only time we would go is for the big ones, like Marvel and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. since the podcast, I mean, we kind of ramped up our our trips there. Yeah, we're going a lot. Most notably, like Ford v Ferrari, Doctor Sleep. I remember going back to back weeks. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, like we said, guys, just be safe. Um, don't drink and drive. And uh, again, we're gonna get through this. Check out the gumball head from Three Floyds. Grab it. Put in the fridge. St. Patrick's Day is coming up. This might be a good mm-hmm. one to. To drink with the lads and lassies you hang out with socially distant. Yeah. And, uh, have a good time with it. Welcome back to Post Credit Brews with Matt, Dave, and John. Yeah, I guess just to get back on topic, I, I mean, what else can we say about this movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of hard to review something that's complete shit. Mm-hmm. This might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Worse than Silver Surfer. It's up there. And the common denominator is the same director. You got Tim Story. Got to get him on. <laughs> really pick, pick his brain. Ask him what his thoughts were on making this movie. Yeah. Would he be interested in doing a Boris from the Rugrats standalone movie? <laughs> it's a property Bor- that he's very interested in. He would like to tackle the characters. Boris origin story. <laughs> into the Boris verse. Yeah. Into the <laughs> That's he's gotta have a presence on Instagram. I'm sure he does. No he's got a weird <laughs> presence on Instagram. Carl from Jimmy Neutron. Oh yeah. He he has a presence. Hugh, Hugh, sure. Hugh Neutron's got a weird presence yeah. too. Well. Yeah. And we mentioned earlier, anyone from Pixar just because Apparently, the, the running gag is that they make the the characters thick. Mm-hmm. How do you spell that, Dave? T-H-I-C. <laughs> is that how the kids spell it? I thought it was double C, but it might be one C. I could be wrong. I don't, Mr. I don't Krabs know. is one, one thick B. <laughs> These are really easy to make. I forget what the... I think the app's called Diddy. They do... I mean, oh, it's Sandy Cheek, Squidward. What do you you just search? Thick B. Like one thick B. Well, I I think, you know, for Tom and Jerry, I would say there's some good good action in there. uh, Just, I guess, in terms of the classic cartoon. So I guess fans... 
can maybe pull some things, but I think those scenes are far and few between uh, yeah. what the rest of the movie has to offer. And I, I think the scenes where they were fighting and just kind of going at each other, I felt like the animation was good. I felt like it was probably true yeah. to the cartoon. But it was, yeah, when you kind of threw like Chloe Grace Moretz into the mix and Michael Pena interacting with them, it just did, uh, it did not work. It felt very outdated. Yes. And it just had too much of a presence in this movie. I know um, what I was kind of reading, and I didn't look into it too deeply, but I think this kind of especially, this movie kind of, the idea came about like as a response to like Alvin and the Chipmunks. So that was like, I guess around Mm -hmm. 2007. And yeah. the sequel, 2009. So I, mm. I think that kind of goes to show if that was their inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the final product is not too far from you know what, what those movies delivered. Yeah. We're just missing Jason Lee in these movies. Um, in this movie, Tom and Jerry. <laughs> I don't know that we'll get five of those like we got from the Chipmunks. But yeah. Oh. Maybe there's not five. I don't know how many there are. But. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's that's pretty much everything we got on Tom and Jerry, guys. It uh, again, if you want to check it out, it's on HBO Max. I think it's only on there for a limited amount of time. So if you yeah. want to check it out, check it out before it goes away. To quote Marshawn Lynch, former NFL running back, "We're just here so we we won't get fined. We were." <laughs> contractually obligated to do this review mm-hmm. make sure you read the fine print when you sign legal documents folks never let anyone sign your checks so i got i mean if we are diving into all the hbo max again again Ju- judas and the black messiah there's probably something coming out for that soon maybe on the blog mm-hmm. um, definitely want to cover it but I'm i don't know that there's going to be i don't know that there's going to be another movie of this um i guess quality so to speak in our HBO Max series. I mean, I, I don't have the highest of expectations for Godzilla versus Kong. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. excited, but I'm also kind of tempering my expectations after the, the movie that came out that, yeah. you know, followed that, you know, it's proceeding, but or it's yeah. coming after. Excuse me, but. And I'd be interested to ask you this, John, I think I may already know the answer. Cause I feel like it's probably the movie I'm most excited to see on HBO toward the end of this year. But what is another movie that you are very excited to see in the whole HBO Max lineup? Outside of like Kong versus Godzilla, don't count that. Yeah, uh, that definitely wouldn't even be my answer, Okay, uh, I don't think. But um, if I could only see one of them, I would probably want to see Dune. Oof, okay. Um, I think that just looks... Um, yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I, mm. Denis Villeneuve, I think, is a very good director. And I think that that movie looks very... Um, accurate to the book, which mm-hmm. I read not that long ago. Okay. Um, I think the casting is all very spot on for that. Yeah. And that's a movie I'm excited to see. It's a movie I'm also optimistic about seeing in theaters because that's mm-hmm. still seven months away. So who knows? Looks like it warrants seven months. Yeah. It looks like it warrants like a theater release almost. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely yeah. does. I think. Yeah. And I okay. I was kind of just. I should have excluded Dune on there too because I right when I asked that question, I was like, he's going to say Dune. Uh, but I was going to say, I'm looking forward to the, the many scenes in Newark, the Sopranos yeah, prequel. That's one too. Um, I was very, di- I'm not going to lie. I was actually really disappointed because I thought that was going to come out this month. I think mm-hmm. for a long time it was supposed to, and then now it's not coming it, out in September. Yeah. That, I mean, that, it was originally the, supposed to come out September, 2020. And then obviously right. stuff got delayed and that, we're that you September. know, that movie is one, another one too. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, the HBO Max ones that are on my radar, like those mm-hmm. are definitely the two that are the most. Yeah, but I would say, um, yeah, those two, Godzilla versus Kong. I'm interested in Space Jam too. Mm-hmm. Um, Mortal mm-hmm. Kombat. I'm, I'm not. I mean, I've played the game here and there. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to check it out, but I'm not super excited yeah. for it. But I'm sure there's going to be another one or two surprises in here. The reminiscence mm-hmm. with Hugh Jackman sounds interesting. Yeah, I've uh, heard Matrix Four is also in here. I've heard really promising things about In the Heights. I think they're saying like that's supposed to actually be like a really good movie. Yeah, that and that, that and that looks pretty good. I think by the trailers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think they've got some good some good movies here. I'm, I'm again. I'm, I'd have to look at a list, but I don't think there's going to be really anything that's on a Tom and Jerry scale. Mm-hmm. You know. No, you're right. Yeah, I think this is more of like it, it looks like everything else that they're doing looks very like high quality. Um, Even Space Jam too, I will say, has some promise because I think Ryan Coogler, I know he's a producer, and I think I, I read an article today that was saying he was also pretty involved with the writing. Mm-hmm. So that actually makes me pretty optimistic for it. That's cool. That's cool. And we're getting Suicide Squad too. I forgot we're getting that coming out that, as well. There was, I feel like I felt like there was one I was forgetting about, like a big one. That one I'm excited about too. And mm-hmm. that's another one I kind of would hope to see in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. We will see soon. I'm still I mean, Tom and Jerry is a movie that I would never have seeked out in the theater. So if it wasn't available like this, I don't know that I ever would have watched it. You would have seen it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can't think of anything else to, to add. I think we done more than we were expected to with this review yeah but but like like we were talking about like we're, we're excited to see the content that hbo is going to have coming out with their whole strategy this year and we will uh we'll be here to cover it so that's right check out our social media we're active on instagram facebook and twitter mostly instagram though shoot us a dm if you want us to review mm-hmm. anything review a certain beer do things differently. Don't do things. Mm. And if you want to be a guest, again, just choose a DM. We'd love to have you on. Open a constructive criticism. Exactly. Yeah. But with that being said, this has been Post Credit Brews. I'm Dave. I'm Matt. And I'm John. And thanks for listening. Bye-bye. See you later.